everybody. I'm Peter, and I suffer from a general lack of discipline, too much wits. He's really spooky at night and kind of makes me scared. It's Mike. How uh, you doing? I'm good. I'm I'm stoked for this episode. I feel like we're finally getting to the good stuff. Yes, 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 yes. And we are very, very happy, speaking of the good stuff, to have on a guest you may know him from TLC's Cake Boss. He's the head sculptor at Carlos Bakery in New Jersey. He's a huge Star Wars fan and hosts a YouTube show called Sculpting with Ralph Atanasia, which if you're a Star Wars fan or you like baking, you should check out because he just did a dope ass Star Wars cake <laughs> yeah. sculpture thing that I really like. Um, it's Ralph. Oh, wait, I was told. Cake Boss Ralph or Ralph America? How you doing, Ralph? I'm, I'm doing fine, thank you. Uh, <laughs> hey, where's you, Ralph America from? That's uh, there's there's a group of podcasts called uh, Sans Pants Radio, and they're out of Australia. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I when I've guessed on there, I'm Ralph America. That's amazing. <laughs> I like that. My, Can I ask yeah. you one quick question? Yeah, go for it. So I. Checked out when I was doing a little bit of research, cakeboss.wikia.com, and I saw a fact. I feel like this is the hackiest question ever, but I'm genuinely interested. It says you used to work as a circus performer slash carnival barker. Yeah, I worked in a, I used to work at a traveling sideshow. I was the, I was the, what they used to call the barker, but my boss would yell at me if I called myself that. But I was the guy out on the front (laughs) stage getting everybody into the tent to go see the sword swallowers and fire eaters and stuff. That's, That's cool. crazy. Did you ever get involved in any of the show? Other oh, than I do a bunch of that stuff. Like I, I would uh, generally only if somebody wasn't feeling well, I would switch on and off with another guy. So we do like an hour on an hour off all day long because the days out there are like 16, 18 hours. If you do it all in the stretch talking that much, you just you burn yourself out. But That's from time to time, they'd let me do acts on the inside. Oh, man. Anything, anything super exciting that you like doing? I used to do a lot of fire stuff. That was my favorite. Because um, <laughs> mm, it's a fun. lot easier than you'd think. And it's very impressive. Yeah, so you heard it here. Just go try to eat some fire, people. That is 100% not what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> not the message. All right, all right. So, um from IMDb, Ezra, Sabine, Zeb, and Chopper travel to an abandoned medical station. Sounds like not a lot happens. You ready to get into this, Mike? I'm ready, Ralph. You ready to jump into this guy? I'm ready. How about you, Pete? Yeah! No one ever asks me. That's nice. Yeah, that's the first time. Wow, I feel so special. Wow. That's really polite, actually. Do your guests not know how a bit works? No. The <laughs> reciprocity is yeah. dead. Rule of threes, too. It's funny if only if you if you keep it going. <laughs> we could have kept going. <laughs> Sorry for derailing. Always it. three there are. Oh, good yeah. one. I got to say, that's my very first uh, problem with the... Uh, this episode of the title yeah. is always two there are which is like cute because it's a, a quote from yoda from whichever terrible prequel that was but <laughs> at this point we're at like three inquisitors yeah. or at yeah. one point there were well yeah plus darth vader yeah. yeah plus darth vader plus the emperor we're looking at five red lightsabers <laughs> minimum yeah yeah and if we're getting technical and i'm jumping the gun here a bit but we're already there there are actually like 15 inquisitors um, if you're like looking at comic books and some of the books like alive currently, so the, the grand inquisitor died last season, but still there are at least, there's at least 12 inquisitors out there. So it's like, yeah, always two there are is huh. a little misleading. Also, they're not Sith. So I don't know why that rule yeah. would apply. You could just say that about yeah, I mean, anything. It's, it's a cute title, <laughs> but mm, I got to push my glasses up my nose on this one. <laughs> yeah nice that's really interesting because i actually they're, they're pretty unclear on how many inquisitors there are so i'm glad there's you, a ton we'll get to yeah. it in a deep dive i'm sure but yeah. that's really interesting yeah all right so the, the episode starts ezra is training on the ghost kind of yeah and there is just a cute little 
Well, there's two things that I like. There's a cute little practical joke. And then also I entitled this segment, Kanan and Rex's Discipline Measuring Contest. (laughs) Ah, very nice. Hey kid, while you're looking through the force, don't forget to look with your eyes too. The droid's got his feet locked down. (laughs) (sighs) It's not fair. Real battles usually aren't. The Jedi general I served combined the force with his wits, and it made him a great warrior. Ezra's got plenty of wits. What he needs is more discipline. Well, then you better let a soldier handle that. Excuse me? <laughs> so. There's a lot of weird innuendo in this, uh, in this episode that I'll gladly point out. Yeah. Also, a little bit of Dejaric being played. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. Are there any other board games uh, just, in Star Wars? Sabaka isn't a board game, but um, no, yeah. pro- I guess not. Yeah, I loved seeing the uh, the like hand carved analog to Jarek set in uh, Rogue One. Oh, hand carved oh. one. Oh, yeah, in the, in Rogue One when they're in Saw Gerrera's camp or cave or whatever, like all of his uh, what are wow. the Jedi partisans? There, there a bunch of them are rolling dice and moving hand carved to creatures around a table. I didn't know that was to Jarek. I knew I just thought it was a different board game. So unless they were playing D and D. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. That's I mean, really I like to th- that is. They're rolling dice and moving miniature monsters. They could be playing D and D. I like uh, to picture someone like just a bratty Star Wars kid who doesn't know what it is, and they just start like smashing the table trying to press the button to move the characters. Like, mom, it's not working. What's wrong? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think there is only one board game, and it's this one. Interesting. We'll do a deep dive on board games once we start running out of stuff. Has that board game ever come mm-hmm. out? Like, have made, been no. made available to us muggles? No. I <laughs> looked to see if there was an app, because mm-hmm. I figured there must be. Ooh. And uh, what's his face who did the... Uh... Oh, Lord help me, I'm not going to be able to think of his name. Long white beard, does stop motion. Santa Claus. No. Special night, beard that's white. No, that must be Santa. <laughs> I can't think of his name. He worked on uh, Jurassic Park, too. He was the guy who did the dinosaur effects before they replaced them with CGI partway through production. They were like, you're not going to work here anymore. And he said he was extinct. Wait, I'm... Mike, Mike's the researcher. This is going to drive me crazy. He did the Ed 209 and RoboCop. I... This is some good... This is some <laughs> quality content. I've completely ended the episode. Dutra? Randall Dutra? Or Phil Tippett? No, 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 no. No, Phil, Phil Tippett. Tippett. Phil Tippett. <laughs> Phil Tippett. Yeah. Phil right. Tippett. So Phil Tippett put out uh, a non, I think it was Phil Tippett Studios put out a non Star Wars licensed version of a game like Dejeric. It's called like Monster Chess or something. Huh. <laughs> uh, they wanted to do a stop motion, you know, playable game version of it. And I think they couldn't get the rights or something. So they just said, screw it. We'll do it with different monsters. That's interesting. That would be such a great. Uh, I, I, I just saw one on Etsy. Of course. Someone else just made a Dejeric on yeah, Etsy. I might buy that, actually. Depends huh. on how legit it is. But that monster chest, too, would be a great collector's item. I'm going to look into that. I mean, I almost bought a Japur snippet on Etsy. So I guess I could buy that. Ooh, that's the worst carving. Like, that's there's a reason that when Obi Wan is telling Luke about uh, his dad, you know what a great guy he was, he doesn't mention his Jipur carvings because yeah, they're not. Do you think Darth Vader still has it? <laughs> oh, good question. Just to remember Padme by, he just has it under his cape. Yeah, it could be. A, so no one could see. Excuse it. me, my lord. Are you fondling your snippet again? <laughs> oh, fondling your snippet. I'm going to use that for stuff. <laughs> Oh. For for all the stuff. <laughs> so in this part, so they're they're training. A chopper magnetizes his feet to the ground so that Ezra can't levitate him, and he gets frustrated. And Kanan says, "A fight is rarely fair." Yeah, but Dick move. <laughs> <laughs> I like it's it. a good bit. It's though. a good prank. Yeah, it is. You know what? I like I like Chopper. I've... It was mean, but I like it. Yeah, yeah. There's something I noticed in this opening that I, I didn't before. Um, and I don't know if it's it's that it wasn't always there or I just didn't notice it, but Sabine has the most lovely little uh, paint splotches all over her gauntlets. Like it looks like the the padding underneath the uh, like metal gauntlets yeah. have just where she was dabbing her brush off or testing colors or whatever. Huh. 
And that's such an artist. That's such like a real, real artist thing. Like it looks like any of the rags that I keep in my shop, they have the same exact little like dab, dab, dabs of paint all over. And I thought that was such a nice touch that I hadn't noticed before. Ooh, yeah, that's a good point. This is one of the first episodes in a while where I think when they were first coming up to the space station, station too, I was like, this is beautiful. They did a great job with this, this is, one, just visually. This is a really good... Ep- I mean, yeah, the visual like aesthetics of this episode are, are pretty outstanding. Like, I, I I, feel like it's really gritty, like, once they get to the like the medical uh, station. Like, everything has this grit and kind of... Like, uh, it, it, something is different from last season, where they're putting... I don't know mm-hmm. if it's technological advances, but something just is... Things are sharper, things are more clear, while at the same time being more gritty and, like, detailed. It's pretty cool. That is neat. I yeah. um, It took me a while to get used to the look of this show after Clone Wars, because yeah. Clone Wars was so much more stylized. Yeah. Very much. Less Macquarieized. Yeah. Yeah, but just visually, like, the look of the characters is a little more vanilla. It's, like, a little softer and plainer, mm-hmm. whereas everything had sort of a painterly kind of look in Clone Wars, like, mm. the, as far as the surface textures went. When you look at them, none of the colors on anyone was smooth. Like, it was all, ah. you know, a little hatchy and, and blended and looked sort of brush strokey when and the characters were much more angular and stylized and mm-hmm. going from that to this was a little it took a little getting used to yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's different I, I wonder if part of and maybe specifically for this episode this is directed by a different director than most of the episodes are uh brad rowe i think is, is i say his last name um is directs these as well as one or two episodes coming up and his episodes I've kind of noticed because I, I wanted to watch his just alone. They are a bit darker too. And they are a bit more, um, like I said, kind of gritty. Um, do you think his friends at Lucasfilm call him Brad Rowhood? I get it, but I don't acknowledge <laughs> it. I think if they were really friends, they wouldn't. <laughs> I would. <laughs> You're a bad friend. Uh, there, there are a couple of shots in this that are pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of the medical station, do we want to talk about the mission? Yeah. What's what is it? Um. So Hera, Mom Hera, says that they need that Rex gave him the location of an abandoned medical station, and they need some medical supplies from there. So she picks Zeb and Sabine to go on this, which is a touch I really like because I think they're letting Sabine do a little more serious work. Starting from this point on, she's kind of like the special forces along with Zeb in this, which I thought was really cool. So they got to go. Ezra is frustrated by the discipline measuring contest, so he invites himself (laughs) along on the mission. (laughs) Funny, but a soldier's discipline can't compare to a Jedi's. It takes far more discipline not to fight. Oh, so you're just going to ask the Empire to lay down their weapons and give up. No, that isn't what I meant. What I meant is Ezra's got to learn to stay in the moment. Be present. You got it, Ezra? Ezra! Hey, you weren't assigned this mission. I assigned myself. I'd rather deal with the dangers out there than stay in the crossfire here. Yeah, escaping the argument. Yeah. Um, man, mm-hmm. home life is not good. Mom and dad are just at each other's throats. No. Gotta go out with the friends. I get yeah. it. It's tough when... Uh... When your parents have some unresolved yeah. things that they are yeah. not addressing. Yeah, well, when your parents and your weird uncle <laughs> are just in a weird three-way awkward thing. Yeah. Yeah, Rex um, felt like, when Rex first joined the show, he felt like when the ant shows up in To Kill a Mockingbird. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's great when it's he like, brings- it's Jem and Scout and Atticus and everything. Atticus. Atticus. Friggin' Star Wars. Atticus. And everything's perfect. <laughs> And then Aunt Mildred or whatever shows up and like all of a sudden there's this other parent that you have to deal with. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And she's a little old school, if I remember. Was it Miss? Yeah. Miss, it took, why do I think her name is Miss Maudie? That's someone else in that book. Miss Admiral Maudie. Yeah, I think that's someone else. But yeah, it took me a little while to warm up to Rex on Rebels. He felt shoehorned in at first and sort of mm-hmm. redundant when Zeb is around. Yeah, I do you know I agree with you. And I and this is I said this last episode about how I feel about Ahsoka, who I love. But I feel like the rebels, they're like the the creators aren't giving us a chance to like love these characters. They're thinking like 
It's like putting Frozen at the beginning of Coco. Like, we need to make people come see this movie. It's like, no, we're here and we're seeing this movie. You don't need to sell us like... Uh, maybe that was a bad comparison because there's also no, some no, no. racial that was, problems. That was, that was great, but it's like I don't know. That was spot on. Yeah, like we're yeah. sold, right? We we love it. We don't need mm-hmm. help. Yeah, yeah. I've come. Ar- I mean, I've come around definitely, but I felt the same way when it first came in. It felt to me like uh, like Dave Filoni just playing with his toys. He's like, oh, now we're gonna get we're gonna get uh, Rex in here. Oh my gosh, pew 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 pew. <laughs> like, just throwing in, but yeah. It did, yeah. it did, it did have a little bit of that feeling in the beginning, but I, you know, I warmed up to him over time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I noticed his mustache in this episode is really bitching. <laughs> really. They really did a great word on, work on that mustache. I don't know why I didn't notice it the last couple episodes but that stuck out to me. <laughs> yeah. It shines. Yeah. It's yep. up there with uh, Captain Crunch and Jamie Heineman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Trinity as we will. Um, so I have some behind the scenes stuff about this. So this medical station, I, it's unclear if we've seen this specific medical station, but this medical station was seen in the Clone Wars movie and an episode in season war, one of Clone Wars, this this type of medical station. Hmm. So that would make sense why Rex is familiar with them. Um, also, this episode is coincidentally timed for a Halloween release. And so Dave Filoni said it was inspired by a haunted house, which I think I was really cool. I have that in uh, in my notes towards the end of the episode that this is a haunted house episode. Oh, well, there it yeah. is. Yeah. How do, how do you all feel about just the setting, the mood, the tone of this? Because it's a very different tone than we've gotten on any episode so far. Do you know what I felt? I liked it. Here's what I felt. Here's what kind of felt like was missing. Honestly, I felt like there was... A soundtrack missing there was music here but like i felt like at times it was too quiet i felt like i was watching Coraline, like a movie i love but i recently rewatched it and was like why is this so so quiet mm. like I, th- I feel like i've been through watching you know movies and tv we're so accustomed to like so much going on now that like like uh, you know we can't we can't no one can stop moving anymore and it's almost the same way we digest media it's like there has to be so much going on and so when things are a little pulled back and a little more subtle it's almost uncomfortable for me <laughs> and this is how parts <laughs> of this episode felt and i i think it's more of a critique on me as a viewer or uh, rather than the creators the job they did but it felt empty in places mm. i don't know why mm. Yeah, I felt genuinely unsettled. I think it was really effective, and I didn't put that piece to it. I wonder if that's why. Maybe. Yeah, I hadn't I hadn't noticed that myself. Yeah. I have a question for you, because uh, this is something yes. we, when, when they get to this station, right? And, yep. uh, you know, it's, it's, they're, they're all, all our guys are, are walking through the place of Chopper's up in front, and he's like, bar, 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 and doing his thing. <laughs> oh, come on, Chop. It's not so creepy, just dark. Nothing we can't handle. Wait, you actually understand that glorified beeping garbage can? Yeah, sort of. I'm learning. You have a, in this universe, you have a universal language that is basic, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. More or less anyone that can speak basic does. Why Why yes. are these robots still yeah. speaking beeps? Uh, Who does this help? I, it's such a good... Like, it, you can understand that thing? You're like, well, everybody yeah. should be able to understand it. Yeah. Yeah. It uh, Especially since we see so many droids who do speak basic, too. It's not like... It's impossible for some reason. Right? Like, I, I have a cylinder in my kitchen that plays music and speaks English. <laughs> and place pranks on me. <laughs> I so you, did your Amazon Echo prank you? <laughs> well, Chopper certainly does, oh. which we've brought up before. It's <laughs> like, why do you have a piece of hardware that you own that pulls pranks on you and tries to kill people in your general vicinity? I, you know, I wonder. I wonder if it's like one of those. <laughs> this is probably getting too deep. I wonder if it's like a classist thing. They're oh, like, no. don't give the droids a voice. Don't humanize them. Like, hey, are you like going back to like oh. your your kind's not welcome here? Like. You know, and we've discussed like that's probably because they're not welcome in a bar because they're not going to buy anything because they're you know they're droids they don't need drinks. That is why mm-hmm. that that was Wars' stated reason for not allowing droids yeah, in the bar, right? There's just no profit mm-hmm. there. So, but it's still, I wonder if they're it's like a dehumanizing thing, like uh, or not human, <laughs> you know, a de, you know. What? I have I have one or two thoughts on this. Uh, 
Yeah. And I think one is that like an astromech droid is basically a giant USB drive full of astrogational charts, right? Like yeah. they're just yeah, and a flamethrower for some reason. Yeah. And rocket jets. Yeah. But <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Yeah, rocket jets. The point of them is to plug them into your ship and they they astrogate for you. Mm-hmm. So I think the relationship that like a lot of our characters that we follow in these movies have with their astromechs is not typical. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's good- like very few people are followed around by an R2 unit this the way is Luke is. Yeah. Uh, I think they're just supposed to be equipment and not your little buddy. Ah, that's a really good point. I think I might have um, just answered my own question. No. I yeah, never I thought about I, that. I, lo- I love that actually. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, like, and they don't make sense to bring to a lot of the places that, like, especially the characters in the original trilogy bring them to. Like, why the hell would you bring one to Endor? Yeah, or why would you, or why would you bring (laughs) your astromech into a cantina? Right? Like, hey, that USB (laughs) is way too freaking huge. Please don't bring that in here. It's going to take a seat and not get a drink. Like, it's cool, man. I'm just going to bring my shop vac in here with me. Dude, don't. (laughs) No, it's okay. I bring it with me everywhere. Weird. I talked to it. No, no, no! You can't bring that here. I'm gonna go to. A, I'm gonna go to ne- no. next weekend. I'm gonna go to a PF Chang's Chinese Bistro and try to bring in a shop bag and see what happens. What? Excuse me, sir. What are you bringing in here with you? I got a little wagon. I put. Uh, I put a car battery, a USB drive with a bunch of maps, and an Amazon Echo on it. And uh, it's my friend. Hey, Alexa. You can't, you can't bring that in here. <laughs> yeah. And canonically, I like it because it, um, I mean, technically speaking, both Chopper and R2-D2 are kind of damaged in their own way, which makes them have a personality. Um, R2-D2 has never had his memory erased. And I think that had they said canonically. Mad. <laughs> yeah. It like, it like fried his brain in a weird way. And he just has so much going on. Uh, canonically and then we, we talked about it in the deep dive but i don't remember but something happened to chopper as well that kind of made him kind of a psychopath as well so i think they just broke in the right way chopper's straight up dangerous yeah <laughs> oh yes. yeah we've seen him we've seen him kill people and hide their bodies like that is not something you want your yeah. shop shop back to do <laughs> i no i would not feel like no i would not feel comfortable sharing a ship with that robot no. No, no way. there's I mean no. there's a prank he pulls where he takes off the bolts off basically their bunk bed that's made out of steel like that is a dangerous <laughs> that's right game. he could have killed somebody yeah that's not funny <laughs> yeah. man one thing I will say though is I think it's kind of sweet that Ezra is trying to learn Chopper's language binary I think it is um it, it's nice that he's kind of making that effort he's trying because I feel like he's being a little Bart Simpson-y back on the ship um, and we've all certainly seen him do that before. Be like, don't have a cow, man. I don't want to be a Jedi. <laughs> but like this shows he's actually making an effort, which I think is important for a teenager. Yeah. He's really growing. Mm-hmm. You guys like long hair Ezra or short hair Ezra? Uh, I like the long <sighs> hair. Uh, you know, I don't say that about many people, but I, I'm a fan of the long hair Ezra. Yeah. Once he gets the short hair, he just like looks like an NPC from any video game ever. Yeah, yeah, he looks, uh, his model looks unfinished. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like he looks like a Lego character that you like pop the hair on top of it. Oh, it's like yeah. weird and shiny. He's your starting tune in any video game. It's like before you begin to <laughs> yeah. modify it, it's like you haven't chose a race or a class or a hair color. It's like, nah, I just want to play. Oh, sorry, Peter, mm-hmm. you have to edit that out. <laughs> it's fine. Um, So we are on the creepy station. Creepy stuff's happening yada 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 and chopper powers up the entire space station which is something he probably shouldn't have done well because the star destroyer no, she should have been more clear i'm gonna get his back on this all <laughs> she said was power it up it is a vague pronoun chopper powered up i didn't mean the whole station i meant this control panel Agent Callus, I may have something. A power surge at a decommissioned medical station in Sector 11. Could be rebels. So, you know, True. come on. Or maybe Chopper was like subtly trying to like, oh, this will get him. Maybe, maybe if I do this, they'll find him and finally kill him all and I'll be free. And they don't always have the best plans. No. No, oh, no, no. 
that is a recurring theme on this show. Is this bringing really Chopper plan? at all is not a great plan. <laughs> yeah, leaving no. him as point person when clearly members of your crew don't speak his language as exampled by you can understand that thing and this is the person who's watching the video cameras and like going to communicate <laughs> with you that's a bad idea yeah. also why are we pretending that these droids are all speaking the same language because they are not yeah yeah that's true as yeah. well yeah like let's let's not let's not pretend that r2d2 chopper and bb8 are all speaking the same robot language because they're not that's actually a really interesting point that i'm thinking about because i think we have seen in the first episode Chopper, or in the first season, we saw Chopper speak to R2-D2, and we've seen R2-D2 speak to BB-8. So they all understand each other. They're capable of speaking and understanding multiple languages, just not basic. Well, just like your computer knows HTML, and... I think you know what? That, it's almost it's almost like none of this is real. Huh. <laughs> it's almost like this is a kid show. <laughs> almost, guys. <laughs> almost. So let's yeah. push on. <laughs> Um, so I liked on the Star Destroyer, the fifth brothers skulking around being a weirdo and, you fifth, know, yeah. Captain Mustache. Yeah, and this is the fifth brother. Yeah, and I wanted to make yeah. a note of that. In the comics, there's like, in the most recent Vader comic, there's like the group of Inquisitors who they're dealing with. And there's up to like 12, 12 brothers or sisters named in the Inquisitor class. So this is the fifth. And the fifth one to me just looks like Raiden. Basically, from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah. Well, have you have you seen where he came from? The con- like what he was inspired by? Oh God, Ralph McQuarrie. I don't know what. <laughs> no, for once it wasn't Ralph McQuarrie. Oh. He was a rejected concept from uh, the Last Jedi, wasn't he? Uh, almost from um, uh, not the Last Jedi, the Force Awakens. Force really? Awakens. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a really cool picture, and the reason I bring it up is because his helmet he's wearing is way more Raideny. Uh, now or then then it's even more so than now (laughs) but it's a really cool concept art i'm flipping Um, through my comic books because he first appears in one of the comic books yeah not too long after uh force awakens so that's interesting mm, yeah Uh, and the 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 numbering that you brought up is interesting to me uh according to pablo hidalgo the numbers and the names imply advancement yeah. Um, there's a small number of them. And so there's a degree of competition. And I think yeah. we see this a little bit with the seventh sister, you know, she's trying to be in control here. I think she might want to get that top spot. Now that the grand inquisitor is not here. Yeah. Is she the same actress who voiced Ashi in the, uh, the return of Samurai Jack a year or two ago. Ooh, I, I doubt it because do you know who does voice the seventh sister? No. Sarah Michelle Geller. No. <sighs> I knew no. I recognized her yep. voice. I couldn't yeah. pin who it was. Is I that rec- true? I recognize yep. that voice 100% from, the, true. from the poster on my wall in high school. <laughs> Legit had and, one. You know, most people probably know this, but uh he she is married to yeah. uh Freddie Prince yeah, Jr. Boy. So it's a little family affair. What is that? A bounty hunter? Guess again. <laughs> I'm Sarah Michelle, and I play the seventh sister on Star Wars Rebels. I am an Inquisitor. I may be number seven, but I'm pretty much number one. I am so glad you said that, because in my notes, I wrote down, um, Inquisitor's voice is weirdly soothing. And now I know why. (laughs) Yeah, I made a joke in a previous episode when we were referencing her about like, who do you think it's going to be? And I said, like, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's a bad joke, but you completely didn't react to it. And I thought, I was like, oh, no, that's just a really bad joke. Oh, uh, because no, I didn't know you knew. Okay. Good one. Yep. That's so wild. Yeah, I knew she sounded familiar, but I couldn't place it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her voice is really good in this. I was It was interesting, though. Like, they do a little doubling thing. Yeah. So she has that weird bass, two voices yeah. at the same time. And I think it's a cool effect. My pet told me you were here. I've been searching for you for some time. I felt, I felt, I didn't like it at first. And the more she spoke, the more I liked it. So I was like, oh, it's so, yeah, it is pretty, pretty creepy. And of course, mm-hmm. their plan to escape once they see the Inquisitors is to use yeah. what? The air vents. They use the air <laughs> vents. I thought we were going to get through season two without them using air vents. In season one, they use air vents Never. almost in every episode. 
And in season two, five episodes in, I thought we were going to get through a whole season with no air vents. I've said mm-hmm. it before and I'll say it, it again. The Empire has practical no, plan. It's a, the Empire has some real, they overlook a few things and air vents are one of them. How is that faster? To go through, no, it's not faster. It's just, yeah. it's just incognito. That's, that was what they said. They said, oh, it's a shortcut, but it's not faster. That's your shortcut rather than fighting them was how I took yeah, it. Maybe, I don't know. <clears throat> well yeah so actually that was before i think that was before they actually even see the inquisitors because i like this part was probably my favorite part of the episode was chopper hears some creepy sounds and he goes to investigate and it's those freaking this legitimately creeped me out these freaking droids the id9 seeker droids yeah, I like them um they're called parrot droids that's like a nickname for them and we see it in this because they can mimic the sound that other droids make so you see like chopper goes down the hall and it's like burr, burr. and then in the way down he hears burr, 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 back to him they're just he's just copying chopper and so he keeps investigating and this droid shocks him and starts burying through or like burying through his guts it was very disturbing to yeah me. i love that yeah that's okay though because later zeb fixes him by punching him <laughs> yeah. he fonzes it yeah yeah makes sense yeah yeah um, so a little bit about these droids. Um, they maybe Ralph, I'll ask you, did you play battlefront two by any I, chance? I played some of it. Uh, I, I sort of, I never made it past the tie fighter part. Yeah. Yeah. It's whatever. Yeah. It's whatever. But I did like the single player thing and that droid that I'd inverso from Inferno squad has is an ID-10 seeker, so it's like the model above this seeker. Oh. <laughs> well, excuse me. Yeah. yeah there's just another, just no consistency at all with droid numbering, by the way. We're like, you yeah. know, with these, that's a model number, but with every other droid, it's like, it does. Oh, this is totally. one of my biggest pet peeves <laughs> in Star Wars. And like, because I remember, I think for a little while, like C-3PO was a c3po like that was the model he was mm-hmm. and r2d2 was i had read like in one or two of the like tales from the most Eisley cantina and that kind of thing like the characters refer to them in that way huh instead of r2d2 being his specific designation because that when you only have when you have a, a four uh slot alphanumeric designation like that and if he's an r2 unit then they all have to start with r2 then how many can there possibly be with like a letter number combo after that like how many robots have you made (laughs) this is how you're designating them it doesn't work it has to be like a much longer number than that surely yeah absolutely never mind the fact that they don't have the letter r or d in their alphabet because they use the Arabesh to the point, like so specifically that Lucas took English writing out of a new hope to replace it with his fake alphabet. So how do you have an X wing or a Y wing (laughs) or an R2 D2 when you don't have those letters? I, this is the stuff we live for. I love this. There, there's no way there can be an explanation for this. And if there is, is. you know, it's annoying. There is, but it sucks. Oh, Oh, what's the explanation? So the explanation, we never, ever, ever see this in anything, but there is a high galactic alphabet or like an imperial high alphabet, which is just our regular ass alphabet to cover their asses for having. Can I say ass? Wow. Yeah. (laughs) You can say as much ass as you want. I don't like that. Um, It's the lamest. Wow. And what's it called again? High... It's like high galactic or high imperial or something. That's crazy. It's like a formal alphabet, which actually has the letters of the alphabet. So you, 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 you thought you made a mistake. You took all the English out of A New Hope and your special edition and replaced it with your precious fake alphabet, only to overlook the fact that you have named all of your spaceships and robots after letters of the English alphabet, you dumb dumb. Yeah, that's uh, quite the oversight, too. You'd think he would make sure to put in an R and a C or whatever the letters are that are missing. Yeah. I also saw this gripe. Wow. Uh, I saw people griping about The Last Jedi um, because Hux, there's no H in Arabesh either. So maybe it's he's like fancy, so he has the high imperial language or whatever. But 
technically there shouldn't be a name Hux because there's no H. Hi, I'm holding for General Hux. Yep. A, Very odd. That's a bit. That's a bit. That's a bit much. Mm. The droids, a little more trivia, is built by the same company that builds the Viper droids that we see, uh, which I also really like. No, that makes sense. Yeah, that does. Yeah, I right. totally thought about them when they were attacking. Yeah. I feel like they even call it Alex Sabine says something like that. It's like, oh, wait, is that a Do you know what these robots remind me of? I can't. This is annoying the crap out of me. I can't remember which movie this was from the 80s. There's like these tiny little robots. I feel like it's a movie that Rick Moranis was in. And and they're like. Honey, I shrunk the kids. Remote control. Is that what it is where they like hide in a hamburger? Yeah. Is that what it really is? It's the one where like they, 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 they make little robots by like eating a bunch of cans or something. And they build like little baby robots of themselves. Oh, that's totally what it is. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. That was bugging the crap out of me. I was like, I can't figure out. You have the weirdest movie references, Mike. <laughs> I don't know. I knew what he was talking about. It was just, I was like. Well, this maybe I'm and In my head, I'm like, this just reminds me of those hamburger robots. And I'm like, I was like, I don't know what, I don't know what this is, <laughs> where this is coming from in my mind. Yeah. This is another game I like to play a lot, and it's probably annoying to everyone, but I found I finally found an answer to this that I like. I found a random geek like message board where people were arguing how much a credit is worth in a dollar. <laughs> and the the conclusion, which I actually kinda I kinda buy, is that one US dollar is worth about two galactic credits. So I always like to see how much things cost. Okay. So it says that this droid is forty five hundred credits to buy one All of right. these. Which means it's about $9,000 for each one. I buy one. Mm. Yeah. Which is like the seventh sister has a lot of those droids and she's pretty cavalier with them. I feel like there's not a lot of government expenditure, like oversight. It's a lot of waste. This is like like the Navy SEALs though. So it's like eight iPhones, seven, eight iPhones. (laughs) That's sad. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I know, right? That's crazy. It's like, that math can't be right. Nope, it's right. <laughs> yeah. But I think that, that conversion makes sense because I think that means that a, a TIE fighter would be about $180,000. That's not bad. F- feels about right to me. I mean. That's pretty good. That's I feel like that's a really good deal, honestly. Yeah, that's a Yeah, military discounts probably. I'm sure like the Although TIE fighters are, are, depending on, I don't mm, know what's canon anymore, but made. I think mm-hmm. for a long time they were garbage oh gosh yeah like they don't even have a life support system in them they're just a seat and a gun and those ion engines yeah and barely barely some barely landing gear like you can't even technically land on it yeah that that was the whole idea that you can't you can't desert in a tie fighter because you can't land one Mm -hmm. that part's unfortunate i can't and i liked that part a yeah, lot. I it was interesting. You couldn't desert but we've seen tie fighters in rebels we've seen tie fighters land on the ground a couple, bunch of times yeah, yeah and in um, Wars, but ne- never before that no. and that was always the explanation yeah I, I think it's still true that they still kind of suck like they're pretty bare bones they don't have life support they're you know not a lot going on but i think they did bulk them up a little bit they're they're kind of faster and yeah like you know, the first order ones are definitely different oh, yeah. from the imperial ones oh, yeah. yeah big time um so i, I really like in this episode where they so once they finally see the inquisitors sabine and ezra once they get through the ventilation shaft without zeb who's not fitting um Mm -hmm. they are confronted by the inquisitors the fifth brother and the seventh sister and Mm -hmm. they they just start to run that's the only thing they can do right (laughs) they're just like seventh sister who looks like lady cobra commander yeah she does oh Oh, god anasaj anasaj ventress pretty much wrapped into one i also love her duck helmet but uh, well do you know what race she is well no is she uh she a knight sister because i don't see race (laughs) oh (laughs) oh man see Um, now you're the racist of this episode. yeah peter tell us because we don't see it (laughs) <laughs> well i see it and i categorize everyone by race okay. in a very organized fashion oh, fair. but she's miralon which is the same race as luminara and oh interesting um which is interesting to me because she kind of looks like th- like her yeah. um and her padwan barris offrey um which we both saw in the clone wars we saw her skeleton in the beginning of this this series which was really upsetting yeah that was really creepy too yeah it was I like that a lot. Um, but no, I like this because I feel like like her skin's a little paler. Her eyes are creepier. Um, I wonder if it's because 
they're a little inconsistent in this in Star Wars, but it's a touch I really liked about like the dark side corrupting how you look. Yeah. So I wonder if she's physically changed because she's on the dark side now. Oh, that'd be yeah. neat. But I really like when they're running away that Ezra says like, I feel like he he's like throws this out, but isn't necessarily looking for an answer. He's like, "How many of these guys are there?" And Sabine answers <laughs> two. Like she like goes very literal. He's like, "No, I, I wasn't looking." Like I know, I know there are two. I wasn't looking for the answer. It's like that uh, that Futurama bit when they uh, they pull one of uh, Nibbler's fangs and like, "Oh, look at these little rings." If he's anything like the common tree, you could tell how old he is. Price says, "Well, good luck. You'd have to be some kind of genius to count all those." And the vet looks at him and goes. He's four. <laughs> oh, I love that show. Um, I said no camels. That's six camels. Can't you count? <laughs> um, I like the so we're, they end up capturing Ezra because he sacrifices himself to save Sabine, which is so sweet of him. Um, and she's kind of interrogating him a little bit. And there's a little touch. And it was kind of going to what I think you were saying earlier, Mike, where he says something sassy to her and he goes, as pretty as you are. And then it cuts to Ezra and he goes, what? Unfortunate there's no one left to train you. The Jedi of old are dead. Not all of them. We know about Ahsoka Tano. Who's Ahsoka Tano? As pretty as you are. What? I only need you alive. That doesn't mean in one piece. Now, where's Ahsoka Tano? Like, she's kind of like a creep. Oh, like, coming no. on this so teenager. There's a lot of weird scenes here. At one point, um, she asks him once he's been captured, like, oh, you handle your lightsaber well, apprentice. And he says to her, well, I've got some time if you if you want a lesson. And I'm like, I don't know. I felt weird about it. I'm like, you guys are talking about this phallic <laughs> object and how he handles it well. And well, let me give yeah. you a lesson. And I was like, all right, turn it down, guys. Kid show. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that's the same innuendo like the creepy teacher would use on her student. Oh, oh boy. It's it made me feel very awkward. Yeah. Um I I have I don't know if we went past this part and oh wait, are you guys still talking about lightsaber wieners or are we <laughs> Oh we we can stop. Um that's what this whole podcast is, basically. Oh, I wish you had told me that going in. <laughs> yeah, what what were you gonna bring up though? Oh no, I just I I because I don't know if we've gone past this part yet or not, but I really like when uh the the shot of the fifth brother lighting up his lightsaber for the first time. Oh, oh like yeah. a little spin. And I'm not Yeah, I'm not one of those guys who like loves the the sort of fetishized, you know, constant, constant shots of lightsabers all the time. Mm-hmm. But that's a great one. Yeah, it is. He's just mm-hmm. got such like a shark like kind of smirk on his face. And then oh, like yeah. when that lights up, it's a really good that's a good one. It, it Yeah. Serves the haunted house, uh, spooky feel of the episode very well. He's like a Dracula. Yeah, and the fact that neither of them run, but it's both a very stalking kind of through this, like yeah, weird maze is very cool. Yeah, I kept thinking about Jaws in this episode, which I know we talked about another episode that was inspired by Jaws, but it felt I think the shark like quality is one of the things that kind of tipped it off for me yeah what is what is he are all of are all of his guys look like that are all of his guys look like that you don't know. <laughs> uh his species his race is unknown um they haven't announced that yet um but i really like his design yeah did you notice how he blinks yeah he has like lids just that come in like horizontally it's like a shark yeah. like actually so like- does he have like does he have like a nictitating membrane that like comes across or do his eyes just blink vertically? No. Yeah. I, I, I won't say that word, but I'm very impressed that you did because I was trying to research it and I went, I'm never going to be able to say that on the podcast. And so I didn't, but yeah, he has the membrane that yeah, slides yeah. from like one side of his eye to the other. Instead of vertically. He looks like he went to game of Thrones and got grayscale. <laughs> went, to, went to game of thrones whatever that place is called we're having a good talking day all of us we learn everyone well god look at us words oh my god five minutes later i just got ralph's reference to indiana jones got it <laughs> <laughs> i was like i was like god it's gonna bug the crap out of me camels camels, camels. i was like i know what's a movie yeah 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 <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, I got that reference too, guys. Shut up, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. So, um, Zeb is stuck in the vents. I think we didn't say that, but yeah, his 
his booty didn't get through the vents. And so Sabine runs back for him and then she gets captured by creepy shark inquisitor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he wants her, but not Zeb. He, he leaves Zeb to the droids. I don't know why. Which makes no sense to me. Uh, 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 Yeah. Oh yeah. That big strong guy. Yeah. Why don't you two tiny droids take care of that? A part of me was thinking like, he's actually not strong enough to pick up Zeb. So he's like, oh, I can pick this one up. You take, (laughs) you got to take care of that one. Yeah, he leaves it to the droids. He's like, do with him as you will. Yeah, what like, do the droids have any enjoyment of their job? Like, they care? <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're not going to eat him. Like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> as far as you know, maybe they will. They're like, no, those are the real kinky, weird droids. <laughs> they get up to some stuff when I'm not allowed, when I'm not oh. around. Let me tell you. Well, it is, it is that kind of episode, the way it's going. Always two yeah, there are. That is yeah. true. Always two <laughs> there are. Maybe you say it a little differently. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um so yeah it's I like, he he lets the droids have their druthers yeah yeah they don't need that they're mm-hmm. i don't let my computer do, do do what it wants like hey i'm gonna go to bed search whatever you want yeah, really, really get, in, get into some weird spaces yeah take some time for you <laughs> really enjoy this <laughs> Um, yeah, he's, he's real into he's real into making sure that his robots have the self-care that they need <laughs> Mm-hmm. You Mental know what? Days. Maybe he's the good guy in this. Ooh, I like this. I like this. I mean, he's still trying to kill a kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. All right. We get the reveal what here. What was the reveal you are going to say? Well, they know that Ahsoka is alive. Oh, yeah. That was kind of a big, I mean, big bombshell. They don't really play it off like it's a big deal, but it's actually a, a big deal. And I guess it's inferred here um, that Vader has told... Palpatine who tells the Inquisitors because the Inquisitors are run by Palpatine not by Vader the Inquisitors are actually in direct competition with Vader so the the Emperor's kind of letting these two both do their thing and kind of seeing who wins out a little bit and so but I feel like this is like a Vader didn't this is like this mission was like below Vader's like pay scale he's like I don't want to do that like let the grunts do (laughs) that kind of thing um, you know what I just remembered? Maul is still kicking around oh, too. Yeah, yeah. It's somewhere yep. in a pit. A whole bunch there. He's are. in a garbage somewhere. Oh no, he's out of the garbage. No, he's out of the garbage. Yeah, he's point. probably in Crimson Dawn now. He's probably starting up that venture. He's probably like pitching it. Wow. He's probably like, "What's the show?" You know, the uh, you got to pitch and see if someone wants to invest. Uh, Shark Tank. Shark Tank. He's Shark Tanking it. Yeah, he's Shark Tanking it to to Fifth Brothers Unknown Race, <laughs> who all literally live in Shark Tanks. <laughs> um. So. I like Chopper and Zeb need to save the people. And there was a little touch that Zeb said that I kind of really like when they, when they're getting together, he's kind of talking to Chopper, even though he doesn't understand him. And he says, everyone seems to know everything these days. You are mocking me, right? I can never tell. Everyone seems to know everything these days. Truth is, I don't really stand a chance going in alone, much less with you. If we leave this space station, we will never see those kids again. I came here with them, and I'm not leaving without them. And I feel like it was a very, like, uh, it was good character development for him. I feel like there was a lot said in that statement um, about, like, the world passing him by. He's the last Lassat and just doesn't feel like he has a place. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. You want to hear the most d- depressing English word that I know? What is? is? Endling. Endling? An endling is the last member of a species. Oh, I've never heard that. What a crushing bummer that word is. Wow. Yeah, and it applies to Zeb. He is an endling. (laughs) Wow. That's a sad word. It's sad that we had to make that. Right? We have footage of of several endlings. You know, there's that thylacine that uh, died in captivity. I just saw a picture on When I learned this, it was a few months ago. It was... uh, Scientist posted a picture of uh, the last East, uh, not Easter Island, Christmas Island skink. Mm. They gave her a name, and that was when I learned the word endling. A skink? What's that? It's a little. It's a kind of lizard. Oh, yeah. That's but sad. now there are no more. There are no more of them on Christmas Island, wherever <laughs> that is. And oh. I thought it couldn't get darker after my teacher student reference. <laughs> 
Oh. Which is sick. Yeah, let's make sure this episode's no fun for anybody. <laughs> yeah. Done. Print. Yeah. Um, so Zeb lures them to Hangar Bay 6 by posing to be a rescue crew from the Rebels by using his genius, <laughs> his genius <laughs> alter ego, Commander Melura. Hello, Spectre 6. Come in. Uh, do you read this is Commander Melurun? Answer him. Uh, Commander Melurun, yes, yes, I can hear you. You missed your check-in. Am I correct in assuming mechanical difficulties have your craft stranded again and you're in need of help with repairs? I love that Melurun's a comeback. <laughs> Why? What is... what is he protecting? I know, right? By not using his name in that moment. But it's like, so a Melurot, it's like a very common fruit. So it's like if someone called you on the phone. Captain Pineapple. Like, oh, yeah, this is Captain Pineapple. <laughs> yes. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Something's up. I know. This is like a Homer Simpson level <laughs> plan. They're like, yes, this is Commander Send it. Apple Juice. Yeah. Meet me at 123 Fake Street. <laughs> <laughs> I kept thinking about like Andy Dwyer from Parks and Rec and his Burt Cracklin character. Like I just imagined. Oh, Burt Macklin. Like, Burt Macklin, yeah. yeah. Burt Macklin, FBI. And I just was hoping he would bust in and be like, Burt Mulleron, FBI. But like, why is he pretending to be someone else? All he's doing is saying that he's rebel reinforcements that are coming to meet him. They're like, almost everything he's saying is actually true. It's just yeah. exaggerated. Like, just be like, yeah, it's me. I'm Zeb. I'm here. I know. Is does he think the Inquisitors will be like, wait, Zeb's the guy that we thought was dead? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. But they go to the hangar bay. Also, they're not. Yeah, they're not very sly because Zeb is on the top of the <laughs> ceilings, and they use the universal code for, "Hey, look at me." They go, <clears throat> "You should never do that." Because anytime anyone well, does that, everyone's gonna look at you. Yeah. Which one of the droids does, which I thought was a cool touch. Yeah. They, they give them a lot of freedom to stop and mumble to each <laughs> yeah. other and look up I at know, the ceiling right? without noticing anything. Yeah. I also like when the Phantom comes off the roof and starts shooting, they just let like Sabine and Ezra just yeah. kind of get out of the way pretty, pretty easily. Like, if there were real bad guys, they would just grab them and hold them in front as human shields. Yeah, they should have just killed them right no, then. That's smart. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. The, they seem quite incompetent. That's why, they're, that's why they're the fifth and the seventh sisters, not the first and the second. <laughs> that's true. I guess. I did Which raises like, the question, mm -hmm. why didn't you send those guys? Yeah, that's a good question. Why the fifth yeah. and the seventh? If these are like some of the only remaining Jedi, and that's your only job is to kill the Jedi? Yeah. Like, this show should be for little kids instead of grown-ups like us, because it's got, it doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's one of those things that if you enjoy it, it's, you just kind of like, you're, it's easier for you to go along for the ride, but if you sit down and, you know, try to do a podcast about it, it gets better. It's it gets crazy. better. <laughs> I, yeah, it I, seems, I like it, but. It seems like you could run into problems if you yeah. really were breaking this down one episode at a time looking for inconsistencies and flaws and trying to really get into the, the meat of the storytelling and, and um, you'll never find one. Yeah. You'll never find one yeah. is what we've learned. Who, who would do that too? So Zeb. <laughs> <laughs> well, bringing that up though, I, I, that's an interesting thing is I got the impression that the seventh sister wasn't even supposed to be there. No, they seem kind of surprised well, there. Again, and it seems like she just kind of put her droids around. Yeah, like her droid tipped her off, which is kind of cool. They make it pretty clear in the comics, and if you want to check out, it's I think it's Darth Vader number six, not Vader, but Darth mm -hmm. Vader. They like really get into like the Inquisitors and what's going on, but it's they make it like pretty clear. It's a competition to be the best, especially now that the Grand Inquisitor's dead. That position is not filled, so there's an open. The manager seat is open, mm -hmm. so they're all like trying to make sales right now. Um, nice. Yeah, so they're all in like competition, that. so that's like why I think they're all going for this right now. Yeah, I also like the mechanics of, so they're, they they scoop everyone up in the Phantom, and they're flying away, making their escape, and they're trying to force pull the Phantom and not There's, let it get away. That's some pretty impressive force power for non-Siths, like. Yeah. I feel like it was cool, because it kind of made sense. I mean, just, just, just because they're not Sith doesn't mean they're not powerful, because they were former Jedi. Um, which we found yeah, out. So they, I mean, true. they, they do have power and they're tapped into the dark side and it, it's a small ship. So that makes sense. And the, the fifth brother gets distracted 
And so the seventh sister can't hold on anymore. And I kind of liked the thing where she's still holding on and the phantom drags her through like an invisible rope, uh, which is kind of a cool thing that I don't feel like we've seen before. So what like, and this is something that always bothered me, especially with the whole always two, there are a thing. Mm -hmm. So say I'm a force user, right? Yeah. And I definitely am tapped into the dark side of the force. And I excel. I, I learn as much as I possibly can, and I become very powerful. What about that makes me not a Sith? I think it's just like a being a Sith. It's like a. It's more than like an innate thing. It's just a club. Like you can be in. It's like a old white guys club. Like you can. You're either in it or you're not. <laughs> like you can be invited into being a Sith and being part of this order and taught the secrets and the ways and. It's it's funny that you say it's like an old white guys club because it, the thing I always likened it to whenever I, like I would talk about this is like um, th- the worst people in the entire world are probably the Ku Klux Klan. Mm-hmm. Fair. Um, but there isn't <laughs> like one official clan. Yeah. You know, like you, any any 10 people can get together and say we're the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah. Because it's not like it's an officially recognized organization, because it is, and I can't stress this enough, <laughs> utterly reprehensible. Yeah. Anyone who is a part of it deserves the worst that life can throw at them. Fair. Yeah. This is the podcast where we make a stand on the tough issues. Yeah. Oh, this is a real confrontational, uh, it's a real controversial stand, too, saying yeah. that white supremacists are bad folks. Yep. But uh, so, like, what's to stop? any six guys with red lightsabers from going, they know it. We're the Sith. Yeah. Well, I always thought about that. Like besides Palpatine. Yeah. Yeah. On the other side of the planet, is there another master and apprentice who are just like, yes, there are only two of us. And they just don't know about Palpatine invader. (laughs) How embarrassing. (laughs) How embarrassing would it be to show up and be like, ha ha. Now, yes, Darth Splosions and I will finally make ourselves known to the Jedi. <laughs> Who the hell are you guys? Yeah, that is it is weird. Yeah, I, it's just Palpatine and Vader walk in like, well, this is awkward. <laughs> yeah, because I guess there's nothing yeah, really separating the Inquisitors from the Sith except membership, except for B- Palpatine being like, you're in. That's the only difference, because they have everything you need. You said urine. They've corrupted a lightsaber. They were once Jedi's. Like they've been trained. Like yeah, and like they're they're just as power hungry. Like I'm sure they'd be equally happy to kill Vader or Palpatine to take their spot. So the whole like there can only be two of us because we're so competitive. Like that <laughs> doesn't hold any water anymore. Mm-hmm. It's nonsense, you guys. This is just silliness. <laughs> That's it. Podcast over. I quit. This is silly. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't I would make love that sense. scene. I would love to meet some other Sith who aren't Sith. Yeah. Well, that kind of happened in Clone Wars, and one of my favorite scenes ever was when Maul and uh, whatever his brother's name is, I oh forgot, yeah, confronts Savage Oppress. Oppress. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. So good. Uh, that's. I mean, it's it's a, the dy- dynamics are a little different, but you know, Palpatine says. You know, I have a new apprentice and like just takes him out, which was so cool. That was great. That was the scene when um, Anakin looks at me and goes, bye, Felicia. Right. That's the one. <laughs> yeah. That's a direct quote. Yep. Um, from Indiana Jones. I got the reference. Yeah. 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 I wonder if what? being a Sith gives you like uh, <laughs> gives you like access to Sith like Wikipedia where you could just look up like all the dark side users. And if any of them gets a little bit too like powerful, then you can just take them out. That's the only perk of being a Sith uh, and only two people like in the Sith world. Cerebro or something. Yeah. Otherwise just, there's no reason why this would just shows you all the magic jerks in the galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise it's a house of cards. No one knows. Yeah. Yeah. But we get to the end of the episode. Zeb is able to distract them enough to get away. So they all get away. Zeb also got the medical supplies on his way out. So he's kind of a hero. And they return to the ghost to debrief Kanan, Hera, and Rex that there are now two Inquisitors. Yeah, Kanan seems legit. And that they know that Ahsoka's around. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do they let him in on that? Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah, on the way out, they say, like, Kanan, they knew about us. Uh, and he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll tell her. <laughs> he's like, oh. Hey. <laughs> oh, no. Kanan's oh. legit bummed he did not call that there were more Inquisitors. Yeah. He is. He's a forlorn man. Mm-hmm. He's very hard on himself. He is. It's all right. He'll just go blast some Dave Dave Matthews in his room and be fine. A little, after a little Burning Man, he'll be cool. <laughs> yeah. So that's the end of the episode. Are we are we saying that Kanan's a hippie? Is that where oh, we're yeah. at? Or <laughs> oh, our, stance, our stance is he's oh, very yeah. much like big hacky sacker. Went to UC Santa Cruz. <laughs> Yeah, he's a banana slice <laughs> through and through. Yep. <laughs> uh, we like to end our episodes with a little bit of a weird grading scale where we like it. Oh, to, yes. Yep. We'll say what our favorite thing in star wars is right now to our least favorite thing in star wars right now and then pick somewhere in between this episode so mike do you want to give an example of how that sure goes? so uh currently my favorite thing in star wars is luke uh leaving dagobah at the end of return of the jedi or you know in return of the jedi and yoda his uh it's his last moment and you see the light go out in his hut on dagobah and he force ghosts away. I just think it's so touching and magical. <laughs> yippee! <laughs> yippee! I'll spin. Um, to the worst thing in Star Wars right now, in my opinion, is Han Solo got his last name randomly from an Imperial officer. Uh, okay. So yeah. I'm going to give this episode a Darth Maul versus Qui-Gon Jinn on Tatooine during their first encounter, which was very brief mm. because there was a little bit of lightsaber but it still kind of left me wanting for something more, but it's definitely a setup of, hey, here are your new villains, and then kind of takes yeah. it away. So this is, a, I feel like, a, a good setup for the second season. So that roughly equates to, like, I'm going to say this episode's like a B-plus for me. I like that. So mine, my favorite thing right now, is the Last Jedi throne room battle. Um... My least favorite thing is the song in the special edition of Jedi entitled Jedi Rocks. Um, so Ooh. between Jedi Rocks and the throne room, I will give this one a Sarlacc pit because it's tense. It's full of action. You meet lots of new fun people. And the Sarlacc pit genuinely terrified me when I was a kid. Oh. And this episode kind of scared me too. Yeah. So, to me, that's a B-plus as well. Yeah. I would say on a scale from uh, uh, best being Tarkin's trilled R's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> worst being the entirety of Attack of the Clones. Mm -hmm, that's fair. <sighs> um, I'm going to give this a Hammerhead Corvette crashing into a Star Destroyer in Rogue One. Ooh. Nice. What's the letter grade on that? It's like a strong B plus. Oh, nice. Okay. That part was sick. So we're all around the same. Yeah. Like it's exciting. It's stylish. Uh, a little light on substance, but really fun to watch happen. Ooh. That that's true. <laughs> also, yeah. you get to say Hammerhead Corvette. That's fun. <laughs> Hammerhead Corvette. Oh, that was nice. You try it. Peter. Yeah. Yeah. Hammerhead Corvette. It's also a very interesting two words together out of context. Like, if you didn't yeah. know we were talking about Star Wars and you just said Hammerhead Corvette to someone, they would have a Yeah, really Hammerhead Corvette sounds like what a comic book writer from the 80s <laughs> thinks that a rock musician's name is. Oh, you nailed that one. It's a good band name. <laughs> everything's a good band name. Yeah, everything's a good band name because there are no good band names. <laughs> or there are no bad band names. Oh. Hammerhead Corvette. I like it. Except for Toad the Wet Sprocket. Huh. Okay. Is that a real band? Yeah, they wrote Follow the Ocean. They were in they were a band in the nineties. Oh. Yeah. 
that makes me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. For some reason, they so I went to, a, we made a cake for Willie Nelson's 80th birthday what? party, and I was at that show. And That's for sick. some reason, the only band that played that wasn't uh, one of, uh, like a band with his family members in it mm-hmm. was Toad the Wet Sprocket. Is Willie Nelson just like a, like a sprocket head? I guess so. And it was great because they opened up their set with, the, you know, hi, we're Toad the Wet Sprocket. And we're just as confused about what we're doing here as you are. <laughs> this is our song, you know, from the radio. That's great. At least they own it. Yeah. I respect that. Yeah. So, Ralph, thank you so much for being here. Um, what can, what, what do you want to promote? Where can people find you? I mean, you know, you can, uh, you can always find me. I, I do, uh, I do a lot of podcast appearances, but, uh, <laughs> this one was my favorite. Aww. Bless your thank heart. You. This was like this was like an NPR podcast, yeah. but <laughs> about Star Wars. Like everyone has such quiet, nice speaking voices. Oh, oh yeah, we're not excitable uh, people. No. Uh, no, Mike's probably drinking chamomile tea right now. Uh, close to that ginger lime kombucha, but whatever. So <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you could go check out uh, if you go to uh, if you search for Cake House on YouTube. Mm-hmm. That's the name of our YouTube channel over at the bakery where we do uh, like. Everyone from the bakery has their own little projects that they're working on there. I have a series of chocolate sculpting videos mm-hmm. uh, where I, uh, it, it started as tutorials, but it quickly made its way into just me making stuff that I think is cool <laughs> and you can watch it or you don't have to. Those are your options. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not just saying this to flatter our guest. Like I, I watched, I watched a couple of episodes and I genuinely loved it. It, it, it really, it really was fun. Yeah, thanks. I, I yeah, I have a good time making them. It's hard to find the time to do it, but it's uh, it's a lot of fun for yeah. me. Yeah. Um I'm like torn between if I should start asking you baking questions, so I'm not going to. So thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Um everyone, please check out Ralph on Twitter. You can also check Oh yeah, that's right. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Cake Boss Ralph. Perfect. Makes sense. Mike, do you want to tell people where they can find us on Twitter and stuff? Yeah, I didn't just lose the internet connection, and I swear. Uh, <laughs> I said lots find... of interesting things. Okay, I believe you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you can find us on Instagram or Twitter at Rebels Rebels Pod. You can also email us at Gmail at Rebels Rebels Pod at Gmail dot com. Um, you can leave us reviews on iTunes. Um, the only ones that are allowed to come in are five stars. The other ones get blocked. <laughs> it's just the algorithm. I don't know computers. It's a good policy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how things work, but that's how it works. Uh, yeah, and cool. Uh, yeah, thank you, thank you, Ralph. That was uh, that was yeah, awesome to talk to you. Um, you are our biggest celebrity yet. If um, so it's kind of an honor for us. Didn't you guys have Steel Saunders on here? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, if we're yeah, I guess maybe in the Star Wars world, Steel is uh, a big name, but in the yeah. in the world outside of the world of Warcraft, I'd say yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah thank you so much uh, hey no it was a pleasure being on here man it's uh, had a lot of fun awesome cool thank you uh t- thank you our listener and uh until next time yeah and hey listener yeah. if you like the show tell your friends about it why don't yeah. you it doesn't cost you anything to do that yeah. help yeah. us out yeah it's free jackass come on <laughs> whoa calm oh, down sorry, <laughs> sorry the kombucha is really kicking in <laughs> you gotta take it easy on that stuff oh boy Okay, and until next time, be brave out there. Don't look back. Don't look back. See ya. Bye.